Canadian veteran and political activist Jeremy McKenzie, known as the Raging Dissident, was just notified that he can no longer do banking in Canada. As part of ending a relationship, so as of today, um, you're not to visit any of the Scotiabank branches or bank premises in person without first getting uh, written consent in advance from the bank, from management. So I'm banned um, from the bank. And this is where we have the potential for hyperinflation because you've got $58 trillion in bonds and you only need, uh, you know, a trillion dollars of that invested into real assets like uh, oil and copper, zinc, uh, lead, uh, gold, silver, uh, real asset. And you only need, uh, you know, a trillion dollars of that invested into real assets like uh, oil and copper, zinc, uh, lead, uh, gold, silver, uh, real assets to drive the price of those assets much, much higher in a very, very rapid uh, period of time. And this is what the Fed is actually fighting. They're not fighting a deflation. They're fighting a currency collapse and hyperinflation as a consequence of many decades of recklessly running this uh, bond market higher and higher in terms of the total amount of debt outstanding. Hey guys, Sean from SGT Report here with an emergency broadcast. That was David Jensen. Friends, contagion, it's all happening. Everything we've been talking about for more than a decade. And guess what? At this point, there's virtually nothing the Fed can do to stem the tide of hyperinflation as the global banking system begins to melt down. Before we start this one, just a quick word about our sponsor. Silver has been valued for its beauty and rarity for centuries. But did you know it also plays a vital role in modern industry and tech? According to Noble Gold Investments CEO Colin Plume, who I just interviewed recently, silver could be the new oil. From electronics to solar panels, demand for silver is only set to rise. That's why investing in a silver IRA from Noble Gold Investments is a smart choice for those looking to secure their financial future. With a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA, you can invest in physical silver coins or bars and take advantage of its unique properties as both a precious metal and industrial commodity. Not only does a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA provide a hedge against inflation and market volatility, it also allows you to diversify your portfolio with an asset proven to hold its value over time. And this month, you'll get a beautiful Silver Eagle coin with every qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com to get started. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey, friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in for this emergency broadcast from SGT Report. I'm very happy to have back on the line my longtime economic and precious metals contributor, David Jensen. He's an expert in the space. He knows everything there is to know about precious metals, mining, etc. It's all melting down. David Jensen joins us now. David, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you doing, Sean? Well, good. Thanks for coming on on short notice. I very much appreciate it. And, uh, you know, look, you put together a slideshow here. I very much appreciate it. We're going to get to that in one second. I just want to mention to the audience, guys, I had a guest on who I admire very much recently, and uh, I played a clip for him. I want to play that clip for you guys now, because after I played the clip for that guest, I asked him, is this imminent? And he said he didn't think so. Perhaps imminent in Europe but not in the United States. And here we sit just a couple of weeks later with Silicon Valley Bank melting down. Signature Bank being shuttered. That was a surprise to me. That was new news to me. We'll get David Jensen's take on all of this in one second. Guys, this is from an FDIC meeting just a couple of months ago. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? 
like my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. So they just assume they're going to pay my claim, right? It's, it's, I, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, <laughs> that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that will charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. David, I'm going to pause it right there. And before I continue, do you have any comments on that? Because, you know, my take on that, the average Joe, he's just going to be run over by the bus. And here we are just a couple of months later, and everything that they warned about in this thing is coming true. I'll continue to play the clip. Do you have any comments so far? Yeah, the root of the problem is is that the banks hold uh, less than 2% cash for the deposits. And, you know, the insurance that's backing, um, the, that is backing those is less than 2% insurance backing those deposits as well. So th- this is the nub of the problem. And this is why there was another FDIC discussion where they said that we're facing bank bail-ins where the, the banks basically take your deposits and convert it into bank stock that you can't sell for for decades. So this is this is the nub of, of the issue is that you, you've got this fractional reserve banking system now that's that's melting down. They don't have the cash for the people's deposits. No, that's becoming clearly evident to everyone paying attention, not just institutional investors, moms and pops. The average Joe is starting to get wind of this and people are panicking. And that's why we're seeing contagion. I'll continue with this clip because uh, they all knew this was coming, David. I wondered whether there are some market tests of whether you're being heard. And I think about TLAC. So TLAC should spread, should respond to good and bad news. I'm going to pause it real quick. Total loss absorbing capacity, TLAC. Keep that in mind, friends. About the institutions. And it's really important. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's, and, and it could be an early warning signal to the FDIC and the primary regulators when these things happen. And there may be some other prices. This is uh, similar to what Jay was saying in the market that you can tell whether people understand how the who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be protected. Okay, guys, we're coming back to David's slide. David, before we get into why this is happening, which I think your uh, slideshow here explains extremely well, can we talk about what is happening today? Contagion is spreading to the EU. Credit Suisse is on death watch. And uh, I have a tweet I want to share with you in one second, but uh, the contagion is spreading, David. This is getting extremely serious, extremely quickly. Yeah, Credit, Credit Suisse, uh, you know, has has problems with their financial statements, and uh, you know they're basically a, a financially completely de- <coughs> completely destabilized. So, yeah, but it's not just Credit Suisse, and it's, it's not just Silicon Valley Bank. All, all the banks, uh, to one extent or another, have the same problem uh, with fractional reserve banking where they they hold uh, less than two percent cash for their deposits and that at the same time their assets are collapsing in value because of the spiking interest rates 
want to show you something related to Credit Suisse here. Listen to this. Credit Suisse is offering a 6.5% annual rate on new three-month deposits of $5 million or more and a rate as high as 7% for one-year deposits, far above matched maturity bills. So to me, this is desperation. They are desperate for liquidity, David. Absolutely yeah. desperate. Yep. They don't have the cash. All the, see, the issue, Sean, is that all the banks don't have the cash. That's, that's the key issue about the structure of the banking system. All right. We're going to lay it out for you about why that is, guys, in one second. But uh, I want to show one other thing. Had you heard this, I guess, on the back of the COVID lockdowns in 2020, the Federal Reserve told these banks that they were officially lowering the reserve mm-hmm. requirement to zero, zero percent. Right. Had you heard that, David? Yeah. Yeah. That used to be 10 percent uh, years ago, and now it's zero. Unbelievable. All right, we'll go back to your slideshow here. Fed faces rapid onset of hyperinflation risk. I don't know, where would you like to begin? I guess one more question before we get into your slideshow. What do you make of the moral hazard that happened over the weekend where this government under puppet President Joe Biden, along with Janet Yellen, basically said they were nationalizing, essentially, nationalizing Silicon Valley Bank and ensuring backing all deposits and over at Signature Bank? Uh, that left everybody else at every other bank wondering, oh, do you have my back too? I mean, are we going to bail out $17 trillion on deposit? Is the U.S. Treasury willing to back $17 trillion on deposit? I mean, this is madness. It's a Ponzi scheme and it's all collapsing, David. Yeah, it's it's the end. Um, you know, if you look at the financial bubble uh, that we have, it really started with uh, Greenspan taking over the Fed. Ultimately, you can go back to the creation of the Fed, but the latest financial bubble that we have here that's in collapse started in 1987 and uh, the policy of the Greenspan Fed of uh, uh, blowing bubbles and then addressing bubble collapse with with a new bigger bubble and uh, you know the 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 most destructive uh, consequence of that um, happened uh, under Bernanke where they started quantitative easing which was basically um, addressing the bubbles with uh, with uh, creation of money and then uh, faking asset prices by buying those uh, assets with money that they just credited to accounts. So the problem that we have now is, and we can see this in the slide show, is that they can't do QE right now. And, and uh, this is where we're really, really stuck and, and have a very serious problem that we're facing. Guys, as we go through this slideshow, I just want you to keep in mind what's really happening here and what real tangible wealth is. We've been talking about this for more than a decade. So if you, dear listener, have 100 ounces of physical silver, maybe you have five ounces of physical gold, maybe you even own an entire Bitcoin, just keep in mind what that might mean to you as this entire house of cards comes down. We'll scroll down. You can find David Jensen. On Substack, jensendavid.substack.com. You can find him on Gab, Getter, and Telegram. And here's what's happened with money and metals since the 1970s. And it's exactly why we are here, why what's happening today is happening, right, Dave? Right. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the Bank of England, um, the, the central bank of the UK, uh, took over control of the gold and silver market in 1987. Um, and it, it created the LBMA and uh, you know, a voluntary code of conduct there, but basically the, they, they ran the money printers ran roughshod over the gold and silver market by trading these unallocated contracts as opposed to gold and silver. So in, in the seventies, in the decade of the 1970s, the amount of money in the system or the money stock increased by 2.7 times and silver and gold uh, both increased over 20 times. 
but but since 1980, remember 1987 was the date where the Bank of England took over. You've had 13 and a half times increase of money, not 2.7 times, but 13 and a half times. And gold during this period has only doubled, and silver is still trading at half the 1980 price. So that gives you an idea of the of the free reign that the central bank central planners had to create as much money as they wanted. And the gold and silver prices were completely unable to uh, respond uh, because they they essentially had uh, a, a virtual gold and virtual silver created and were able to create as much uh, of this metal for trading and setting the price as they wished. So that's the nub. That's that. That's the heart of uh, why we're facing this problem today. You know, for the layman, and I would include myself <laughs> in that. You know, I do interviews like these, but that doesn't make me a PhD level expert in economics. Can you just help the audience understand these banks can essentially print money out of thin air, right? They can will loans into existence. That's right. The, the, the loans are loans are created with, with what's called a dual entry bookkeeping system. So they basically create the loan and it becomes an asset for the bank. And at the same time, they um, create the liability. That's what the bank owes. And that's the money in the deposit account from the loan. So banks don't make money by lending out savers money. They create the money in the account and then call it a loan, which is an asset on their books. So this this is the the, the heart of this uh, fractional reserve uh, uh, debt money system. I call it a Babylonian debt money system, but it's uh, a system which is basically uh, where money is willed into existence by banks and they have the, the full purview to do that. So I guess what I'm sort of driving at is uh, that is a dream business model for any normal person. Okay, the rest of us don't get to just create loans for cars out of thin air. How is it that these banks are broke? Is it because the Fed started raising interest rates from zero and these guys are all upside down on treasury investments? But that begs the question, why are they investing money in T-bonds and T-bills? Like what's going on here? It makes no sense that banks that can create money out of thin air have no money. Well, it's it's the it's the business model basically where the banks make money on the loans and then the um, the, the cash that they hold uh, in your deposit account is also used to make money by investing it in bonds. Um, the loans themselves are assets which uh, give a yield to the banks, and then they invest some of the money into government bonds and uh, other other securities. So um, the model here is that you give your money to the bank. You're really in a relationship. Uh, your, your legal relationship is you're an unsecured creditor. And uh, the money that's in your account, in air quotes, is uh, 98% out in the market, um, invested in other assets, um, giving a yield. And the, the model assumes that uh, you know, more than 2% of the people don't ask for their money at any one time, which we know is a fiction. Ultimately, at some point, that will happen. All right. We're going to continue with your slideshow uh, in just one second. And I'll just say that uh, for those who don't understand the history, you know, when uh, the original banking families got into the business of holding gold for depositors, they quickly realized what you just said is true. I think 10 percent or less, 10 percent or fewer people who had loaned their gold to the bank and in turn taken a certificate of deposit, right, for that gold, a gold certificate or a silver certificate, less than 10% of those people ever returned to get their actual gold. So these banks quickly realized they could do fractional bullion reserve banking. But it's so much worse now because not only do the banks have no bullion in the vaults, they're doing fractional currency, fractional reserve currency banking, and now they have no currency in the vaults. Literally, any bank, anywhere, on any day could experience a bank run 
So it's fractional reserve currency banking. And now these guys are told by the Fed they don't need to have any currency in the vault. Yeah, no, 2% of people showing up and asking for cash drains their, their currency reserves. So that, that's, that's how unstable the system is uh, by design here. And the problem that we have is that this um, monetary inflation since 2000 has basically lit inflation on fire and uh, created this uh, crisis in the banking system in terms of the decline of their asset value. So they, they literally hold a, a minute fraction of the cash that's in your account, and they are trusting on the fact that you don't ask for your cash, which is why people get so much pushback when they ask to withdraw even $5,000 from their account. The, the banks are saying, well, why do you want this money, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they're saying that because they're very uncomfortable because you're lending them the money and they don't have the money. Isn't that unbelievable? All right. Let me ask you this. The conspiracy theorist within me, the conspiracy researcher that I am, wonders how much of this is being done on purpose when BlackRock and Vanguard were were told now some of the biggest investors in SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. And it's funny. Isn't it interesting? The same owners of Norfolk Southern and what's going on in East Palestine with that train derailment, BlackRock and Vanguard. So one wonders, is this all about a consolidation of power? Let's kill all the little banks and direct all of the money flow to the too-big-to-fail banks like Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, etc.? Well, I, I think the solution will be central bank digital currency. That's that's what I see as the issue here. They'll say that the banking model, uh, commercial banking model, is too risky, and you need to hold your money in central bank digital currency. And that's, that's the key issue with a digital ID. We must reject that. We must not comply. It needs to be dead on arrival via mass rejection. I'm talking about CBDCs. Now, Cliff High is predicting that the rollout will be half-assed and doomed almost instantly. I pray that's true. Maybe you have some thoughts on that, but I'll scroll down in case you want to just keep going here. Yeah, so the the, the, the previous slide was how the, the price of gold and silver were contained, um, even as the amount of money um, uh, increased by 13 and a half times since 1980, and gold and silver didn't respond and the reason the reason for the containment of gold and silver is that they are the primary inflationary warning signals of of money printing. So from 1980 until today, we've had 13, 1,350% increase in money and gold and silver have barely responded even as the as interest rates went to zero and we have the biggest financial bubbles in history. So you can see that in the next slide here is that the uh, interest rates rolled from 20% in 1980 down to 0%. But the problem that we have is in the lower right-hand corner where you can see the interest rates are spiking higher now, or sorry, the inflation is spiking higher now. And that is what is uh, uh, driving, uh, sorry, the Fed funds rate is driving higher now in the lower right. And that is what is uh, uh, driving um, uh, the decline in asset values uh, and and the econ- economy as well, because we've got an economy that's dependent on zero percent interest rates. You know, I just want to take a pause here and just take a deep breath and ask you: Is this the existential crisis we've been worried about and warning people about for more than a decade? Because we lived through two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and out of that crisis was born Bitcoin. People can laugh all day at Bitcoin. You don't have to buy Bitcoin, but at least it is an asset outside of the will of this criminal system. Is this the existential threat, the existential crisis we've been warning about? I mean, is this it? Is this the great implosion? Is there any way out of this? 
well, they could get out of it if they if they created a gold and silver uh, based money system again. Uh, they're going to say central bank digital currency. The the challenge I see, uh, Sean, with with Bitcoin and, and cryptos is that uh, AI and the digital uh, systems are going to be able to hack and track that within a couple of years, and that's the real challenge that we have there. Is that those assets aren't off the grid. Gold and silver in the hands of the populace, and there's 25 billion ounces of silver still above ground, um, is uh, what the central planners are extraordinarily concerned about because it gives complete and utter independence of individuals from the government central controlled currency system. So, but this is an ex- existential level threat because the banking system is the currency system. And what what's happened now with the spike uh, uh, in interest rates, and you can see that in the lower right-hand corner, the run-up now has come off of zero uh, percent and uh, has destabilized assets. It's destabilized our currency, and it's destabilized the banking system all at the same time. And that's what we're facing today. Did you happen to see that clip? I think it was Christy Noam, the governor of uh, South Dakota, being interviewed by Tucker Carlson, and she was explaining the fact that a bill reached her desk. It was 110 plus pages long, and she doesn't think anybody read it. The sponsors, she doesn't think read it, but she and her team read it. And in it, it basically was fast tracking CBDCs by outlawing any other form of money, including Bitcoin. And she vetoed that bill. Wow. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. It's quite brave of her to do that. That's not usually a a good recipe for, you know, long political or or political career or life. Yeah, that's right. Look at JFK. I mean, I mean that literally. Look at JFK. He threatened these people and their very shitty system. And guess what happened to him? They literally murdered the man. Yeah. So here we can see M2, which is the broad measure of money. You can see there since 2020, the spike up. So they had a 30, we've had a 37% increase in outstanding money uh, uh, since 2020. And that's the reason that we're seeing the price inflation that we're seeing today is that they've diluted the currency suddenly. And uh, um, so you can see that with M2. And then the lower right, you can see um, the blue line is the CPI or the consumer price index, which is, is a, a distorted measure. But you can see that it's still you know, running in the in this six plus percent range for price increase. So the, the Fed is arguing that's caused by consumer uh, uh, activity and consumption, and they need to crash the economy to stop the consumption, to stop the inflation. But in reality, the inflation's already been uh, created and, and is extant due to the increase in M2. And the money is not going to go away. Um, the inflation, the, the economy can crash. But my argument with these slides here is that we're going to see now a reallocation of assets that will cause hyperinflation, even as the economy is crashing from the spiking interest rates. Can you describe hyperinflation as you uh, see it? I mean, what does that really mean? Yeah, hyperinflation is technically 50% increase in prices per month. That gives you an idea of the level. And while that sounds extraordinary, I'll, I'll show you how that inflation has already been created in the system. The Fed doesn't need to print any more money to see that level of inflation in the economy. Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. Silver has been valued for its beauty and rarity for centuries. But did you know it also plays a vital role in modern industry and tech? According to Noble Gold Investments CEO Colin Plume, who I just interviewed recently, silver could be the new oil. From electronics to solar panels, demand for silver is only set to rise. That's why investing in a silver IRA from Noble Gold Investments is a smart choice for those looking to secure their financial future. 
With a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA, you can invest in physical silver coins or bars and take advantage of its unique properties as both a precious metal and industrial commodity. Not only does a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA provide a hedge against inflation and market volatility, it also allows you to diversify your portfolio with an asset proven to hold its value over time. And this month, you'll get a beautiful Silver Eagle coin with every qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com to get started. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. You know, I saw a chart the other day, too, of the Fed drawdown because of what they're doing. They're sucking money out of the system at a pace not seen since, I believe, 1929, maybe 1931. And that's the upper right, the upper right red curve. You can see the decline there. So it's right now M2 is declining by 5% uh, uh, per annum in terms of the growth rate. Um, but you can see there that uh, it's a very small decrease in M2, but it is enough now to have triggered this crisis in the banks because they're dependent on continual increase of money and in the economy as well. We need 0% rates for the economy to function right now. It's like a uh, terminal cancer patient, this economy. Right. The whole yeah, thing. you can see. You can see this. You can see this curve. The blue curve shows how interest rates ran down to zero percent and are now running up. And with the decline in interest rates, we have a growth in the total amount of debt securities. So these are tradable debt instruments, and uh, they increased from two trillion in nineteen eighty up to fifty eight trillion dollars today. And that's these are the assets that the banks hold and that pension funds hold, and and they're primarily uh, debt based. So treasuries, uh, uh, mortgage-backed securities, assets of that of that uh, nature. But here are the three problems with the spiking interest rates that we're seeing in the market right now. Is number one is the banks hold debt securities on their on their balance sheet, so they're they're taking a hit to the balance sheet of the banks, which we're seeing now in the crises um, that are running through. Not and it's not just one or two banks; it's many banks that are facing this crisis. The second problem that we have is this fifty-eight trillion dollars that's been parked. We had investment capital was locked into the bond market. It was sitting in the bond market because interest rates were running down. And with declining interest rates, you have an increase in the in the value of these debt securities. And now that this uh, interest rates are running higher, we're going to start seeing departures, not just a decline and increase, but a departure of capital out of this bond market. And this is where we have the potential for hyperinflation because you've got $58 trillion in bonds. And you only need, uh, you know, a trillion dollars of that invested into real assets like uh, oil and copper, zinc, uh, lead, uh, gold, silver, uh, real assets to drive the price of those assets much, much higher in a very, very rapid uh, period of time. And this is what the Fed is actually fighting. They're not fighting a deflation. They're fighting a currency collapse and hyperinflation as a consequence of many decades of recklessly running this uh, bond market higher and higher in terms of the total amount of debt outstanding. And they, and they did that with the containment of gold and silver, uh, hiding the fact that uh, they were running the the debt higher. And the final point here is that the fed people say, well, they'll they'll do something. They did it in 2008 to do it again. Well, here's the problem that the fed has is they can't do quantitative easing again. They can't print money and buy assets and create fake asset prices um, uh, as they did in 2008 because uh, the CPI price inflation index is already running over 6%. And if they start injecting trillions of dollars into the financial market by buying printing money and buying up these assets, they'll, for instance, send uh, oil in a couple of weeks. They could easily send oil up to $200 a barrel if they restarted QE. 
So, so far, we've heard a lot of talk and uh, some use of some credit facilities uh, for the banks, but nothing material in terms of dealing with the entire uh, banking sector. And it's the entire banking sector that has been put at risk here. And so this is the danger that I'm, I'm mentioning, Sean, is that the danger of hyperinflation is that the reallocation of, and it's not just the 58 trillion in bonds that's going to reallocate. You could see money reallocating out of equities. And so, so in the end, you end up with well more than $100 trillion, just a tiny portion of which you need to reallocate into things that you can't print, which hold innate value uh, over time that you can send, you can double, triple, quadruple the price of these things in a very, very short period of time. So this is the battle that we have going on today is that the Fed's debt bubble, their financial system bubble that they've run this racket now for 40 years with the contained gold and silver prices and lower and lower interest rates is now unwinding. And every day now we're hearing a new announcement of banks blowing up. And uh, Credit Suisse is an extraordinarily important problem that we face now because of their central role um, in, in the trading system there in, in Europe. Guys, I don't know if uh, y'all listening have goosebumps, but uh, I just, boy, I pray y'all heed the warning here because I think time's running short. I think time is really, really running short here. And uh, I, I think it was Henry Ford who said, I hope I don't have this wrong. I think it was Henry Ford who said, if the American people understood the nature of their banking system, and I think he was referring to the Fed, there would be a revolution in the streets by tomorrow morning. And yeah. here we sit, and people need to understand, $58 trillion in total debt securities. It absolutely dwarfs the stock market. Every single day you hear CNBC and NBC Nightly News with uh, CIA agent Lester Holt tell you about what the Dow did today, what the NASDAQ did today. But nobody ever talks about the biggest debt bubble of all. And so I guess there is a real moral hazard in having politicians who pander to the public and run up $31, $32 trillion in national debt, David. There's a real yeah. world repercussion for that and here we yeah. sit where does this 58 trillion come from i mean we're talking about a national debt of 31 32 trillion i mean what right. it's such a large number nobody can even comprehend it yeah so these are only the debt securities that are traded the total debt in the u.s right now according to the federal reserve is 92 trillion dollars so that's uh federal uh, uh federal bonds uh, uh state bonds uh corporate borrowing consumer borrowing um uh, you know, municipal school board uh, borrowing, uh, all the levels of debt. So lines of credit, mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. It's 92 trillion bucks of which $58 trillion is in the form of, of securities that can be traded. So it gives you an idea there. And, and as the interest rates spike, those assets naturally decline in value because um, debt securities increase in value with lower rates. So the inverse is also true. And the problem that we have now is these uh, retirement funds and individual pension funds and, and uh, retirees who are watching they, their assets decline in value are at some point going to figure out that they're getting killed by these higher rates, that the banks are destabilized, and they're going to start buying assets that you can't print. And this is what the issue is, is that, you know, you've got a hundred to one ratio of paper versus real assets out there. So how much paper do you have to reallocate into real assets to double, triple, quadruple prices? You know, I've been at this for a long time, David. You've been a guest so many times with me going back years and years and years. And we've talked about the necessity of planning for the future by buying assets outside of this banking system, assets like physical gold, physical silver. And we'd get beat up a lot because people 
couldn't understand why would I buy silver at 22 when it was 28 forever and then it was 14 and it never right. goes back to its all-time high. Here we sit and my recent guest, Tom Luongo, you know, nothing against Tom. Uh, nobody has 100% of the truth, but Tom was wrong when I asked him, is a run on the banks imminent in our nation? And he didn't think it was. And here we sit. So how does this end? How does this end for those listening who haven't been affected by Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank, but are worried about their mortgage, are worried about the bank they're currently banking with? How does this end? And what happens if their bank goes down? Does their mortgage get called in? Is that how this all ends? The criminal fed and their buddies just take everybody's homes? Yeah, it's 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 a financial uh, a digital debt bubble that's now caving in, and uh, the mainstream media is unable to ignore it. And the the explanations are, are running increasingly thin every day as to explain what is going on. But you know, the note here, Sean. Well, let's just look at the last slide, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll complete with a a, a follow on note here. But the entire system is is uh, is uh, Let's see. I look at that one. So the, the, there's the issue right there is that we've got this. Uh, th- this is the the unrealized gains and losses in securities held by the banks. So you can see there that that the the banks have taken a roughly a six hundred billion dollar hit to their balance sheets, and it's it's uh, the the key issue is there's a, the concept of liquidity, which is having the cash on hand to deal with deal with your day to day challenges versus the solvency of the banks, which is their assets versus their liabilities. When their assets are less than their liabilities, the banks uh, are essentially bankrupt. And the problem that we have now is that the, uh, the, the assets in the banks are, are declining. So they're, they're facing a, a solvency risk, but at the same time that they have a liquidity risk in terms of the run on the banks, people wanting their cash and take it out of the system. And as we've mentioned, they've only got 2% of cash in the banks to deal with uh, people's uh, uh, cash withdrawals. And this is before we're seeing onset of, uh, let's say, mortgage-backed security uh, securities uh, collapsing because of, of defaults on mortgages from rising interest rates. But the, the entire system here is, is, is teetering. And uh, the $600 billion hit to the balance sheet of the banks is not visible because they're not doing, mark, they're not doing mark-to-market uh, valuation of their assets. They're they're basically uh, holding their assets at book value, and they're hiding the fact that these assets are collapsing behind the scenes. But there's enough uh, people now that are saying, you know what, let's get our money out of the system. Let's pull our money. Uh, they can move it to J.P. Morgan if they want, but ultimately J.P. Morgan faces the uh, the same issue in terms of the value of the assets on its balance sheet are collapsing um, at the same time that they have deposits which are backed by those assets. Uh, 98% of the backing of the assets is uh, of the deposits is backed by those assets. So the key here is you've got an extraordinarily level, or, sorry, levered uh, financial system, which is now unwinding because of the spike uh, in inflation driven by the Fed's wild printing of money since 2020 and ultimately inflation of the biggest uh, debt bubble in history. And now the assets that are outside the system are going to shine, as I say there for the last point. That's gold and silver um, in hand, not paper gold, not banking, not not mining stocks, but gold and silver in hand. Even things like diesel, uh, food, all these things are going to go much, much higher in value because they are uh, assets of innate uh, value, and uh, they hold their value through these uh, uh, through these crises. And just as an example, in, in Venezuela, when they had their currency, and ultimately this leads to a currency crisis because we have a debt-based currency, um, but Venezuela's 
currency crisis, you, you could buy a month's food for a family of four with one ounce of silver. And that's how well these assets do when you have a loss of faith um, in, in the uh, central planners who are running uh, the debt-based money system that we have. Before we look at your last slide, uh, I want to ask you for your opinion on something. What should people do? What should my listeners do? Everybody considers their home their primary asset. And then beyond that, maybe you have a 401k, an IRA. What would you suggest for my listeners or for somebody worth $250 million or more? What in the heck are people supposed to do right now, today? Yeah, well, I, I can't give, uh, by law, I can't give financial advice, but I can say, uh, you know, for the purpose of argument that um, when you're seeing the, the, uh, the financially, the financially uh, based um, uh, economy uh, starting to cave in from the run, on in, on run higher in interest rates, created by past Fed activity, right, that the, the inflation is not going to go away because they've increased the amount of money by 38% now since, since 2020. We're going to see inflation continue. We're going to see interest rates go higher, um, uh, and we're we're going to see going to see a, the fact that the Fed uh, and all the central bankers in Europe, uh, U.S., Canada, etc., can't print money and fake the asset values anymore. We're going to have now a a basically a restructuring of the economy with the evaporation of wealth of fake wealth from these paper assets into real assets. So the transition that I see happening here is uh, a, a reset happening, um, a terrible reset happening where the, the price of the things that you can't print go up. Uh, you start to add zeros to the prices uh, as the, the paper market burns down. Um, the roof is on fire on the bond market right now and in the banking system. And the, the capital, as I've mentioned previously in this, this discussion, you, you only need a few percent of the total amount of capital out there to buy up the real assets before you end up having uh, you know, a quart of grain for a day's wages. And this is the problem that we face right now is it's been really, really uh, unwise uh, monetary policy and financial system policy and the stripping of wealth uh, from the middle class and the lower class uh, with these financial bubbles, the continual collapse of the bubbles, and then uh, recapitalization of the banks and the financial institutions. We never got recapitalized. The, the average person never got recapitalized through all this stuff. Uh, it's it's the financial institutions and the players that got the favors to keep the whole thing going. But the, the net of it all is, Sean, is that the financial system now is, is uh, destabilized. It has been destabilized for some time, but it's showing it now in, on its face. And Credit Suisse going, uh, looking like it's going down today, and and uh, Silicon Valley Bank and, and a whole slew of other banks now, uh, due to this uh, decline that you can see here on this on this graph, the decline in their asset values from the running up of interest rates is going to have a very very uh, negative impact. And and you can see why uh, Schwab and and associates there at the World Economic Forum say, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Um, they knew this crash was coming, that this greatest uh, debt bubble in history was going to collapse. It's just mathematics. No tremendous insight is required uh, when you run an exponential increase in debt and consumption, um, ultimately, that you're going to uh, hit a wall. And that's the wall that we're visibly hitting today, Sean. Well, look, these people, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, etc., they're probably prepared for all of this. As you just said, they knew it was going to happen. So they'll profit from the downside just as they've done throughout human history, like the Battle of Waterloo. And uh, look, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, BlackRock, Vanguard, right? Woke companies in Silicon Valley all getting bailed out 
Look, I don't want anybody to lose their deposits in a bank. That's not fair to anybody. But the way this thing is unwinding, the way this thing is starting to resolve itself, we can see some people will get bailed out. Some people won't. But ultimately, everybody is at risk. Guys, if you want to follow David Jensen, you can do so at jensendavid.substack.com. You can follow him, of course, on Gab, David Jensen, Getter, Telegram. Boy, I'll tell you, David, I don't know. Are you panicked? I guess I'm not panicked, panicked in the sense that life will go on. The sun will continue to rise. All this doom and gloom, you know, a lot of this is doom and gloom, but it's also based in reality. There is a run on the banks and the contagion is spreading. Uh, Do you feel any sense of panic or do you feel okay because you've got silver and gold as I do outside of this system? I guess what I feel panicked for is my listeners, people who have no idea what's coming outside of my listeners, the common man. They're not even paying attention to most of this, I don't think. Um, no, by and large, no. It's it's the destabilization of our society that is the, the greatest concern. And, uh, you know, the the World Economic Forum guys have tried to get out front of it with their own plan um, as to how to run the system in the future. We've got our, our bot politicians pushing these central bank digital currencies and digital IDs, which are meant to track you, right? They're, they're not uh, digital IDs to ascertain who you are. They're me- meant to track where you are and what you're doing. And that's my greatest concern here that we're facing is that there is a sudden apparent uh, uh, decline in people's wealth that is now going to hit. And, uh, you know, you think about these pension funds, which are 60, 70, 80 percent invested in bonds um, that are going to be uh, horrifically hit. And uh, people's you know concepts of the life that they have in front of them is going to be changed in a very short period of time. And um, it's disturbing to see, but, um, you know, we, we had a system here, which since 1913 um, in the U.S. and earlier in, in Canada and Europe was run by a bunch of central planners, um, and they've run destabilizing money printing policy and, and had endless wars financed by this uh, digital currency, paper currency initially, now digital currency that they create into these accounts. And uh, that's that's the most concerning part, Sean, is the, the loss of our freedom and um, the quality of our life uh, through the uh, inevitable collapse of the speculative bubble uh, created by the central planners. Well, that's a perfect place for me to just say our goodbyes, but I just feel compelled to ask you one extra question, and I don't know that you have the answer. Is there anything that governors like Christy Noam can do? Is there anything that governors of sovereign states can do, or is it too late? Well, I, I think that um, the key, historically, the key monetary asset for day-to-day activity was silver. And there is still 25 billion ounces of silver globally um, above ground. There's about 25 billion in garbage dumps, and there's about $25 billion above ground um, in, in industrial equipment, in uh, jewelry and coins and bars. You know, there's six or seven billion uh, ounces in coins and bars, and the rest has uh, been used up, uh, you know, electrical contacts, things of that nature. But what we're going to see now is is uh, the run on real assets is going to end paper pricing of gold and silver because people aren't going to be uh, satisfied holding a, a promissory note for gold and silver um, in a crisis where all these institutions um, that trade this stuff are blowing up. And we're going to see a, re- a resetting of the price. And my, my, my view is uh, just given the monetary inflation that we've had to date, uh, you know, we should see a silver price that's at least 15 times above the, the current price. And and as the, the price resets in terms of the value of gold and silver versus the uh, economic activity of the GDP and the economy, uh, people are going to be aware that, you know, hey, I actually hold uh, 5, 10, 15,000 bucks worth of silver. And I totally forgotten about that coin jar. 
And you're going to start seeing this, uh, this metal start to flow again in terms of a unit of savings and as a unit of exchange. And I think that's the key here is that the entire uh, control system only works when we use their currency, whether it's a central bank digital currency or a, a, a fiat debt currency that we currently have. And that when you start having exchange uh, in a parallel economy outside of the, the prepared uh, financial system, that, that that's when you have the return of freedom. And ultimately, I think these, you know, best laid plans of, of mice and men in terms of the World Economic Forum and CBDCs and digital IDs, et cetera, they're, they're bound for failure. And that's where I see the freedom coming back again, Sean, is that we start to have a society and an economy that functions on, on person-to-person um, real asset exchange, uh, real money exchange using gold and silver, which is in the hands of the public. And there's nothing that can be done about that. And so that's that's the great hope I have here is that as the fraud exposes itself, that we have a, a reignition of freedom. But there's going to be a very, very rough uh, ride between, uh, uh, you know, here and there when we have this, uh, you know, re-sparking of a, of a free society again. You know what? I'm so glad that we uh, didn't end it just a second ago. I'm glad you said all of that because uh, one more deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath with me. Fear 